this is the Pie Boy Podcast. Hey, welcome. It's the Pie Boy Podcast. And it's better late than never. So sometimes you gotta let stuff go. And you gotta let go of a schedule and uh accept change and that's one of those times. So didn't get two out in a week, but gotta start off by doing two in the next week and starting on a different day and getting a podcast out there earlier in the week and getting them done earlier in the week and seeing how that goes. Switching it up a little bit. Yeah, use my time more efficiently. But it's okay. In the loss, there is change, and in that change, there's opportunity. So you gotta stick with it. All right, so May 2nd meditation from Touchstones. Do not revel. <laughs> Sorry, wasn't looking all the way. Do not reveal your throat. Wow, that's not the one I wanted to read. All right, so this is from May 1st, actually. So it's not today, but it was yesterday. It's still in my mind. Gardening is an active participation in the deepest mysteries of the universe, said Thomas Berry. There's a picture of a <clears throat> old farmer, um, gardener-looking person working next to this quote. We grow in our spirituality by participating in activities that convey a sense of awe and mystery. Tending growing plants does this for some of us. Playing and listening to music, accepting and creating art and literature do it for others. Hiking in the wilderness, camping, fishing, hunting, or photography have the same value. Membership in a religious group and attending services are other important ways. Engaging in the loving feelings in relationships does this for many of us. As men in recovery, or just as men and women and all people, we need active ways to move beyond the boundaries of our own skins. We need to know we are part of a larger whole which has mysteries we cannot fully solve. When we identify our own ways of being spiritual, we can give them more respect. Perhaps we can also explore some other ways we have not developed. Today, I will participate in the mysteries and beauties of life. So, I think it was yesterday and today I experienced that. So, I took that to heart. And I went outside and did a lot of yard work and got my hands dirty and cut a hedge and trimmed back grass and got the lawnmower out and refilled the wood chips and just watched the birds and the squirrels and watched my kid play outside and get dirty and explore outside. It was good. And I see the spiritual power in that and what this quote is saying. Um, it happens for a lot of things. It also happens for me for writing and talking with people and enjoying time with my friends and storytelling with them and goofing around, BSing, 
eating good food. Um, those are all practices in this type of spirituality. Music. So speaking of music, this week's songs are The Motivator by T-Rex. And uh, also the song Bloody Well Right by Super Tramp. Two of my favorite songs, and I think they're great um, symbols of the pie boy. And this today's story is called The Legend of the Pie Boy. So some back history of where the name for the podcast comes from and the nickname in my family and my friends, with my friends and family. Pie Boy, this thing that gets said a lot by different people that I know and some people I don't even know. Um, maybe yet. Um, but the motivator by T-Rex makes me think of Big Mike, and that's one of the central characters in the, the Pie Boy legacy. And then also <clears throat> Bloody Well Right makes me think of my dad, because that's where it originally comes from. Like my dad, I realize now, is the original Pie Boy. And that's how come he knows so much about Pie Boys. And can call one out and has forever and and I was one of the OG pie boys myself so I understand <laughs> I can speak to this so um yeah I don't know there's something you listen to the song I just it's the feelings it's not so much the words I don't know if the words match up but it's just the vibe and the feeling of that rhythm and guitars and yeah the sound of the of him singing but it doesn't the, you don't have to hear the words to feel something so yeah that's what i'm thinking about that and then you go to the instagram page and you can check that out on the stories where i do my album covers of the week for this different stories and i usually save those so you can go back and watch almost every single one um, down in the highlights, it's just labeled Pie Boy Podcasts. And I think it's the very first episode's album cover of me as a baby at one on my first birthday with my cake and the little number there. Anyway, so here we are to the legend of the Pie Boy, chapter 62. I grew up with an interesting weaving of slang and jargon of many types. Some of the most prevalent were hillbilly, cowboy, hood rat, west coast, jock, gypsy, hippie, farmer, construction worker, tough guy, fisherman, snowboarder, mountain man, and a biker gang. These are, are words and phrases that have been passed down from old school jokers, my relatives from North Dakota and Oregon, and from a love of words and language that makes people laugh and tune into what you're saying. Inspired by shock value, movie quotes, and creative imaginations of colorful characters, these pieces of language are artifacts to my personal history and connection to people I have come into contact with over the course of my life. And <clears throat> nicknames and slang have always been a part of my life with my dad. That's my association always when I think of nicknames is with my dad. He remembers people's names by giving them nicknames that are related to something funny that person did 
wore or said. And it's not always funny. Sometimes it's serious stuff. If you're really good at sports and you do a certain thing good, sometimes that gets worked into your nickname too. Um, one of the most memorable nicknames, as we're talking about nicknames more in this next chapter, is when he called or calls a person a pie boy or a pie girl. It refers to a person that is being soft like a pie about the situation they are in. Having a bad or sour attitude is overly whining or a person has done something really dumb and people catch them in the act. Those are just more common examples, so I, those get thrown in the definition. The original pie boy is a tiebreaker between my Grandma Norma's neighbor Steve and the local legend Big Mike Rainin. Steve was known as Pie Boy and was a wise-cracking fat boy and my dad's fishing buddy when I was a little boy. He was around a lot when my sister and I were coming to stay with Dad and Grandma Norma every other weekend. Steve had a son my dad nicknamed Gravy Davy. We all used to hang out on the weekends going fishing or causing trouble somewhere in felony flats. They're always yelling at people out the window and just being idiots. Big Mike was a local legend from his sports career in the late 1960s and 70s at Clackamas High School. This dude was a baller on the basketball court and had a pristine jump shot. People still talk about how smooth it was, and the Joker was known to call bank when hitting 12 or 14-foot jumpers from either elbow. Where he made a bigger name for himself was up on the pitching mound with his baseball career. Big Mike was legitimately throwing 90 in high school and had what people call a live arm. Not a lot of people hit off of him, they said he threw aspirins. In fact, the New York Yankees and the Oakland A's were coming to games to watch his magic and would have offered him a pro contract out of high school if his arm didn't blow out in a summer ball game. He was not supposed to even play because he had pitched that week. For some reason, the coach sent him into right field. He ran out of there without... He ran out there without warming up. Big no-no. A ball got hit to him. He caught the ball for an out. Then he threw a rope from right field to second base, and something snapped in his arm. Big Mike told me he felt it right away. He was never the same, and that trauma stuck with him for a lifetime. After that, he disappeared, working for his dad at the meat company, the iconic Zenner Meats, hot dogs, sausages, and one-time supplier of steaks to the Acropolis Strip Club. He met the love of his, oh, excuse me. He met the love of his life in the 1970s, married her, and got lost in acid up until he made friends with my dad in the 1980s and started doing cocaine with my dad and hanging with a crazy crowd of people. They were inseparable and have lots of stories to tell about their adventures and troublemaking. They both connected to each other through sports, a love of playing, watching, and bullshitting, 
about them. They were two sports legends from Clackamas, from two different eras, but brothers nonetheless. They also related to each other for the fact they both had failed sports careers after high school. There's a lot of pressure. My dad screwed up a scholarship to Oregon to play football and has hated them ever since. And I've told that story before. They had a connection through their own personal versions of the blues, if you will. Now that I think of it, when my dad called people a pie boy, he may have been calling himself a pie boy the whole time. Strange thoughts on a warm night. Big Mike is the lord of the pies, a.k.a. the biggest pie boy of them all in my eyes now. My brother has said his face should be in the dictionary next to the definition for pie boy, and that is a compliment. Big Mike was known for having excuses for just about everything and bullshit explanations for messes or when things went south for him. One of the best was when he left an open can of beer in my dad's tackle box and it spilled all over dad's wallet, fishing license, cash, and other things. When my dad confronted him about it, he said, it sounds like we have a trick can on our hands, Dougie. It was clearly his fault, but we all laughed. Thus, the trick can legend was born and was added to the mountain of stories about Big Mike. The creative and humorous excuses became a staple in our house. Big Mike also had a tendency to not be much help when it came to chores or work. When he stayed over at our house growing up, it was like pulling teeth to get him to do stuff like cut wood, mow the lawn, or do dishes. My dad would make fun of him so bad, but Mike would always have good comebacks, which made it all worth it. If he could make my dad laugh, that was like money in the bank, and Big Mike was good at it. He would always go into his dumb act and pretend like he didn't know what was going on. His son started calling him Mr. Magoo because of this, and so did the rest of us. Dad and Big Mike started messing with each other many years before I came around, though. One time, Big Mike owed my dad some money and was late on paying him back, so my dad took his false teeth he earned from doing drugs and hid them until the money came back. He joked with him and said, I guess you'll be eating marshmallows for a while, Big Mike. <laughs> Big Mike got my dad the money a week later and got his guppers back. This was an ongoing joke for decades. You know, it's still going. <laughs> Big Mike and the gupper story is a classic. Don't get the wrong idea, though. Big Mike is like an uncle, and we all love him dearly, and have been there for him in good and bad times. He has been loyal, and we have been loyal to him. He just happens to be one of the strangest characters to ever walk this earth. A rare breed. Like Hunter S. Thompson said about his lawyer, Dr. Gonzo, in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, he is too weird to live and too rare to die. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Big Mike. Another one of the tragic heroes from my story. Love him. 
just talked to him this week, actually. It's only a time to edit my that's dumb. Doesn't matter. Um, but I've been talking to him about once a week recently, and it's good to hear from him and remind me of old stories, but then he tells me new stories and like stuff I I'm gonna save. I can't even tell you it right now because it'll just throw me off the rest of this story. On the other hand, there was Pie Boy Steve, who I mentioned earlier, who used to bitch about everything. And that's when Dad started, started calling him Pie Boy for being so soft and sensitive about things. My dad would just laugh at him and poke the bear. At one point, the two got in a friendly disagreement, and Dad broke his arm. We made fun of him so much for that. He would take most shit from my dad, but he did not like when I would mess with him too. I would become the target. He famously would ask me, what color dress do you want, pie boy? Mind you, I was a little kid, so this was just a mental mess. This question would come up when first seeing me when I was being a whiny little kid. You know, it goes with the territory. The first time he asked me that question was on my seventh birthday. I was being a little shit in the back of my dad's Bronco, the OJ Bronco. And he, when he found out it was my special day, he unloaded the question on me. I got so pissed and yelled, I don't wear dresses, pie boy. I'm a boy, which it doesn't matter. But back then I didn't know anything about that. He would answer back though and say, are you sure you don't wear dresses, pie boy? Like this guy was relentless and my dad and him would just laugh and laugh and just keep doing it. Just run jokes into the ground. He would poke fun at me for a long time after that with my dad, always with the help of my dad. Dad and Davey and Steve would beg on me until something else came up or a good song came on the radio. And that's where I remember hearing Bloody Well right. Super Tramp, and like, Dad, who is this? Who is this? Super Tramp, Sparky, this Super Tramp. Bloody well, right. And they would imitate, uh, they do English accents, sound like assholes. And I would laugh because I didn't know any better. This term, Pie Boy, would come up over and over for the rest of my life, even when we didn't see the original Pie Boy anymore. And he kind of just disappeared. There was a lot to fill in at that time from like six to nine. I, like I feel like it lasted 10 years or something. And he was there, and then all of a sudden he was gone. And after he left, I took on their original Pie Boy status. And then we started passing on the blessing to my friends, my new friends I would begin to make once I moved in with my dad in Malala, Oregon, or Malina, Oregon, and went to school in Malala, Oregon. A lot of M's. Honestly, I like when that happened because it started to take the pressure off of me. I was not the only pie boy being soft and getting made fun of for once. I don't think anybody knows that's exactly how I feel, but it's true. <laughs> the nickname took off like wildfire with my new friends 
It became a race for who was the biggest pie boy and or the attempt to avoid being called one at all costs. It was a fun game when... It's a fun game we've been playing for decades, really. It started to be used so much that the name got some variations that really meant you were even bigger of a pie boy or a pie girl. My dad called one of my friends a paisano, and some people even became the shortened version of pies or just pie. What up, pie? What's up, pies? You had to really mess up and be a clown bag to be called something worse than the original pie boy term. It was a term of endearment in a sense, because my dad would say he would, he wouldn't call you a pie boy or a pie girl if he didn't like you, which is true, but it came with a lot of laughing at you and not laughing with you. I'm sure some people are scared for life after coming to my house and being called a pie boy or a pie girl or treated like a pie boy from the minute you walked in the front door and nobody knew who you were. That's why you had to watch your P's and Q's at all times when stepping foot in the Swain house, no matter who you were. You had to be on guard or you, you would become the laughing stock. You could be the next joke and earn a nickname. So, yeah, the I had to say the original Pie Boy, even though the memory of him is so much farther back in my mind, it's still he's still part of it. And oh, maybe ten years ago, my dad had said that he ran into Gravy Davy, so he'd probably be maybe thirty-eight, like later thirties. He's at least like four or five years older than me. And yeah, I haven't thought about those guys for a long time, but they're the original pie boys in my mind that nobody like really knows about. I, except for my dad and grandma Norma and Aunt Kimmy. I don't think my mom ever met them, even though they are the neighbors. Um, I think my stepmom may have, I don't know. But they're kind of a mystery. But then on the other hand, the other part of the story, the other pie boy, there's like four pie boys that we talk about. It's like a, the original four was my dad, Steve, pie boy Steve, Big Mike, and myself. And oh, it's so weird to think, but Big Mike, oh, such a big part, 25% of this pie boy square and so many stories with big mike and big mike has a lot of stories that are, don't even involve us like my family specifically but there are so many with my family he told me all kinds of stories about growing up in the 50s and 60s in portland and clackamas and how it all had changed, and then he'd tell me like just crazy drug stories and different people he had run into. Um, he told me like the pitching stuff and the sports stuff. I always kind of knew some of it. My dad would tell me, but he'd be like, "Don't talk to Big Mike about it" or whatever. My dad never asked him about it in front of anybody. 
But he knew. They always talk about different stuff. My dad would hate on him about football and say, like, oh, you got your butt kicked in football. But my dad never talked about pitching because Big Mike would get so fired up talking about it. And he'd always talk about how he threw aspirin. <laughs> and other people did, too. I later found other people. But then what I was saying, the point was that he told me about the trauma and throwing his arm out and the scouts being there and all that stuff and just being down the dumps. And then he wanted to play another part that people don't know is he wanted to play for uh, Portland Mavericks and the Portland Mavericks after he had been out, I think maybe he was 30 or almost 30. He was like later twenties and the Mavericks were at their kind of peak, the battered bastards of baseball. Look it up. Great documentary. But, they had called his house. He swears that they had called his house and his wife forgot to give him the message for what day the tryouts were. So he'd missed tryouts. And he said he was like so bitter and pissed about that for a while, but then pretty sure he did acid. He said he let it go. And <laughs> yeah, so like Big Mike, such a character, has been through so much personally and he's been through so much with us, good and bad. Oh, there's so many there's more stories to come but he's part of the the folklore the legend it's one of the four my dad joker and myself and then the steve guy and his i could say five but gravy davies and dave and steve are like the same person in my brain pie boy yeah always comes up always makes me laugh when i call i call a family member like my sister or my brother or my dad and they answer like what's up pie boy where are you pie boy how you doing pie boy or say something about oh i went on this camping trip and my friends acted like pie boys i love those stories those are my favorite stories and some people had told me like don't ever name any of your stuff pie boy stuff and this meditation i read today was kind of about that and i'm glad that i couldn't even start it that was kind of meant to be it was like divine intervention not to start that one from today because it was talking about limited limit some of the things that you say and share with people and your inner voice and be more mindful of those types of messages coming in and out but i was like oh, i have to tell some of the story i have to tell these stories it's important it's not oversharing um, they're part of my personal legend, which I was thinking about because I was going to do the alchemist with my kids or at least use as example as a book talk um, that I did with another group of kids in a creative writing class a few years ago. But I had read it and it's still in my mind. I kind of want to read it again. But the pie boy and creating of this book or creation, the process of putting this book together putting this podcast together is my personal legend. Yeah. And there's a little tidbit of information to fill in a lot of blanks. If you didn't understand the name of this pipe boy story, but I don't have to explain it. I just tell you a story about it. And then it's up to you to make the connections. So with that being said, happy hunting until next time. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.